Some people they're wondering why in the world we need some angels we have the Holy Spirit. I mean, the day you got receiving Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're coming into you. And also the fruits of the Holy Spirit, they are in you. And why in the world we need some angels? And I would say the best explanation about angel is it's God's ground staff. God sending them just to leading, to guiding us. They also fight on our behalf and they are good in the battles. And my team, they produced a clip with a lot of Bible words, a lot of about stories about uh, where angels came uh, into uh, some people's ministry. And here are stories. There are more than 300 Bible verses about angels. And here is a cartoon clip to announce the angels to you guys. Have you seen an angel today? Well, maybe yes, but you didn't notice. Angels are omnipresent throughout the whole Bible. From the book of Genesis to Revelations, these mysterious agents appear out of nowhere more than 300 times only to disappear again. They are mostly perceived as adult male, beautiful human forms, often clothed in white and surrounded by celestial light. Even though they seem to move effortlessly through time and space, only the cherubs are able to fly. Aren't those the cute little babies with wings? No, think again. Cherubs are the cooler version of doormen. They stand as watchmen between heaven and earth and are able to change shape and form drastically. When you see one, you know you're about to enter the holy presence of God. They guard the Garden of Eden, the Ark of the Covenant, and the Throne of God. Apart from the cherubs and their special position, God can also rely on an entire army of angels to support his ground crew. Angels urge Lot to hurry away from the doomed city. Come on, man, this way, come on, come on. Angels protect Daniel in the lion's den and make sure the animals can only drool. They ensure the beasts cannot open their mouth. Shut your mouth, lion! Angels bring messages. Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Good news for the whole world! Well, almost. Joseph wasn't too pleased at first. Angels can even replace a visit to the nearest fast food joint. They feed Jesus after his 40-day fast in the desert. Dad said eat! Well, they sure can do of some cool things. Yeah, come on, let's give our production team a big round of applause. I love it. I love these cartoon clips because uh, I'm a visionary guy and I love just pictures. It's amazing. Hey, we started the, the, uh, the message about angels, about the story of Jacob. He was on the run and that night he was laying on, on, a, on a stone and he had a dream. He saw a ladder and the ladder came down from heaven and he saw heaven was open and angels are walking up and down and up and down and up and down. And there is a message why heaven is open and why angels are coming up and down. They're leaving heaven, coming to earth. And you can see two angels with a name uh, in the Bible. One angel name is Gabriel, and the other one is Michael. The Gabriel is more like the guy comes with a good news message from God, and Michael is more the fighter. And I want to go into the message about these two guys, because I believe 
God wants to teach us something about angels. Point number one is, I believe worship causes hope. Why in the world creates worship hope? I mean, when heaven is open in our life, not, not often we feel like heaven is open, right? Sometimes you're going through a rough season or we don't understand why things are happening in our life. But still, when angels are coming up and down, God is saying, you are living in this world but you are not from this world. That means our mindset, the day we receive in Jesus Christ, we are fixed with heaven's perspective and not earthly perspective, right? All of a sudden, all the laws of people believing, we don't believe anymore because the Bible teaches us a very different laws. And I believe this is very, very important. Have you ever seen an angel came down and was nervous? You don't read in any story in the New Testament that the angel appears to someone said, oh, I have good news from you. You get pregnant or God will do this and this. And no angel will say, oh, I hope it works. Oh, I want to pray for you. No, they were always pretty sure. God gave them a command. They came down. They appeared to God and said, this is the word from the Lord. And they were pretty sure. Have you ever wondered why Jesus never get nervous? <laughs> I mean, he was with crazy people together, with 12 disciples, all cool people, strong people. No, they were losers. Some people betrayed him. And one time, his one of close friends, Lazarus, he was, he, he was dead for four days. He was dead already. And if someone is dead, my mom and she passed away. I was there after 20 minutes. The body is changing. Yeah. But after four days, that's another story. And everyone was crying. And Jesus was not nervous. He chilled the rabbit and he came too late. And people said, Jesus, where in the world have you been? He said, guys, you don't understand where I come from. It's a different reality. Dad has not the power. Dad will not have the last word. He said, Lazarus, come up. And he walked out and he was alive again. The people were shocked, but Jesus has never been shocked. And here is a lesson to learn. God sends angel to those people that understand the power of praise and worship. In that story, the only guy who didn't realize that heaven was open was Jacob. In the next morning, he woke up and said, oh my gosh, heaven is open. I'm the only guy. I don't get it. And if you don't get it, then build an altar. Jacob built the altar said, the next time when I start doubting, the next time when I don't believe that God is still in the, in the lead, that altar will remind me that God is good and God is faithful and God is still in the lead. Now comes my question to you. Have you built the last couple of weeks an altar? Have you defined the place where you see this is the house of the Lord? Here heaven is open. The angels will dwell. The angels will rule because worship is a place. The Bible says, in praise and worship, the kingdom of God dwells. Where God dwells means the angel dwells as well. And you can create with praise and worship a place where God is near. This has nothing to do with how good is your voice. Can I hear an amen? Some people, your voice, is, your voice is terrible. I can hear you when you sing, terrible. That's why our music is so loud. I don't want to hear you. No, just kidding. But it doesn't matter how good you is your voice or your singing. Worship has nothing to do with your voice. 
you position yourself in the presence of the Lord. If we enter the presence of the Lord with, 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 with thanksgiving, God will enter my circumstances with his power. Praise and power, Jews. And I love that story because praise and worship brings heaven down and you never walk alone. What I figured out in our church, in, in our church, um, even though online, <laughs> people coming to the church and they have some issues, right? For example, they're coming in, say, oh, I'm single. Pastor Leo, can you pray for me? Say, no problem, I pray for you. I'm a strong anointing of marriage and all those things. And I pray for these people. They get married like, boom, shakala. And then the next thing they complain, oh, we don't get a baby. Then I pray for them, boom, shakla, she's or her, in our days, doesn't matter, gets pregnant. Gender can, just kidding, Get, gets pregnant, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, then saying, oh my gosh, I have a baby. Now he's six months old, he's crying. I don't have enough sleep. Can you pray for me? No problem, pray for sleep. People complaining, if you're single, you complain. If you're married, you complain. If you have a child, you complain. We complain all the time, right? Can I hear an amen? Amen. <laughs> we complain all the time. It doesn't matter which season we are. And I believe praise and worship is something we can learn. We can learn. You, you learned to complain, right? Only if you're growing up in Italy. They're born with complaining. <laughs> But you, you can learn to be complained, right? You can learn to be negative, right? This is something you have to learn. But I believe praise and worship is something we can learn as well. Here's a picture that uh, one of our guys in our church, he took some weeks ago. He drove with the car a little bit on this hill and here's, he's, he's very foggy, right? And sometimes you don't see it through anymore. You just see fog. But in that fog is a building. Can you see the building? No, but the building is there. Sometimes God gives you a promise. Can you see the fulfillment? No, you just see the fog. You just see your circumstances. You just see the situation, the addiction, your wife and all the things. You say, God, where have you been? And God is saying, even when there's a fog, even when you think I'm far away from Answering your prayer, heaven is open and you have built the altar and you remember yourself that God is still good. Hey, here's a guy in the Bible, his name is Job. He was a strong believer in the Old Testament. He was so blessed with everything. And one day he experienced horrible things, the wife, she died and all those things. But he still was a believer. But after some weeks, a month, he had very special friends he starts to doubt a little bit. And here's the thing, when I stop praise and worshiping my Jesus Christ, I'm stepping away a little bit more and more and more from the presence of the Lord. This was happening all the time. And then after a while, I start to doubt. And after I doubt, I have some questions to God. Have you ever had some questions? questions about God? When Job asked God a question, where have you been? Do you want to hear the response of God? Do you know that sometimes you're not the only one who gets pissed? Sorry for the word, angry. 
Sometimes God gets mad as well. God is not a neutral God. Sometimes God has emotions too. Here is the response. Are you ready? Church, are you ready? Balcon, are you ready? Woo, it's louder than here. Oh, flip. Next time you change it. Come on, here's the story. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me. If you know all of this, can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. From whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens when the waters become hard as stone? When the surface of the deep is frozen, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you? Here we are. Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens when the dust becomes hard and the clouds of the earth stick together? Uh, <laughs> I love it. You had a question. Sometimes it's better you don't ask a question <laughs> because God was a little bit angry, right? Have you been in the beginning? And I say, what is the link from that message to the angels? Oh, thanks for asking. In Job chapter 38, verse 6 and 7, and here's the reason why I brought this Bible text. Who supports the earth's foundations? And who laid his cornerstone at the morning stars, sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy? Do you know that in the beginning when God laid the foundations, the angels, they were there. The angels have seen the goodness of God, and the angels have seen when God speaks one word, heaven and the earth are created. And when God spoke a word, Go down and bring that word to Mary, to Joseph. They knew, and God is saying one word. It comes to fulfillment. The angels were there in the beginning. When you praise Jesus and angels are coming down with you, you have those angels around you. They were there in the beginning when God created the heaven and the earth. And not only that, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 and 13, and I love this Bible verse. And now you understand, when you praise and sing to Jesus, even in this building, angels are surrounding you. You never sing alone. I'm glad that your voice is not the only voice. I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. I want to repeat it. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth, even you and I, was there. 
And on the sea, and all them was saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, to praise and honor glory and the power forever and ever and ever and ever. That means the angels have been in the beginning there. And when God will make the judgments, they will be there as well. And they knew the beginning and the end. That's why the angels are never nervous. God knows the beginning and the end. We know the beginning, but we have no clue about the end. That's why we are so super nervous and here's my point number one the gave angel gabriel he brings down a message from the lord is never nervous but let's build the altar let's learn in your house in your apartment you dedicate a place a chair um a bed a room and say this place is the bethel house of god and when you sing praise jesus you never sing alone you're surrounded with and by angels and that's the moment when you feel like your heart gets calm. You get a peace. You feel joy again. You feel like, yes, I can do it because the atmosphere is changing. Here's an amazing story about a, a, a woman from our church. His name is Heidi Vögeli. This is Vögeli's typical Swiss name. She made an amazing experience about the angel. Let's give her a big round of applause in the house. Heidi! Thank you. So that was about six years ago. I, it was a Sunday morning and I stood in the service as I did every Sunday and next to me stood an other man who I had never seen before and he was so passionate in worship and singing every song as if he'd known these songs forever and I was a bit confused by that because usually I know the people who come usually <laughs> and um, after the worship, he turned to me and we started talking quickly and uh, he confirmed to me he was there for the first time and he said he was on a little journey through the country and uh, I, um, I enjoyed talking to him and then all of a sudden he asked me something pretty personal. He asked me, do you guys have the wish to have babies? And I was a bit um, intimidated by that because I mean, I had seen him before for the first time and I mean, I wasn't even married. I just had started dating my husband a couple of months before we were engaged, but we weren't even married and why would somebody ask me that? Um, and then I, I said, yes, we would like to have babies one day, but not now. And then he said to me, I'm here to tell you that God has got your kids covered. Um, all right, so I took that word and I was a bit confused by it, but he turned around and left the room. After the service, I walked to my boyfriend back then, to Urs, and I told him about him, I told him about it, and he uh, said, well, that is pretty interesting it might have been an angel talking to us because he knew certain things about me that he couldn't have known and um, since that day we have been well we got married we had a couple of kids and uh, we had several times in our lives where we had to remind each other of that word that God has got our kids covered. When they were sick or where there were other difficulties, 
we reminded each other over and over again that God's word is true back then when he said it and even now when certain things happen. One of those days was the 1st of December last year. My big girl, Ruby, she was so excited to open the first door on her advent calendar to eat the first chocolate. And uh, I didn't know that morning that on that day another door would open up for me and that was the door to the hospital. I was pregnant with a baby boy and I started bleeding uncontrollably that day and I was so shocked and my husband too and he drove me to the ladies doctors right away and she was confused too about things and she sent me to hospital right away and due to the pandemic my husband couldn't even be with me and I was bleeding and I was crying and I was so um, angry and I didn't know what to do and the doctors that came in said well the heart is still beating but we don't give your child a lot of chance to make it. And hours and hours and hours went by and they said, you have to wait. And I remember my husband calling me that day and saying, Heidi, do you remember? God has got them covered. And in that moment, I knew exactly what he was refer referring to. And I knew that he was right. That God has been true to that word so many times before and he's going to be true to that that time. A couple of months later, we had a little baby boy, Judah, who's there, sweet angel baby. And I just tell you the story because I want you to know that when God's speaking something to you, might it be through an angel, might it be through his friend, it's always for a purpose, not just for the moment, but you are meant to hold on to that word and apply it to your life when times get difficult. And he's not a God that lies or breaks his word. He is true and he will stand to it also in the future, no matter what comes. Thank you, Heidi. Woo, I love the story. You know, some often you, got, you can't see an angel. You cannot see the angel. But sometimes it can be appears to a people comes, gives you a word, and they leave it and say, oh my God, what's going on? And this is the story of Heidi. I think you have, you have, have more had an appointment with Angel than you think right now. You know, I, I told you about the picture about the fog. When God gives you a word like Heidi, and the angels are helping you to believe, here in that fog, there is a tower. And that tower, it depends in which level apartment do you live if you're living too down you are in the fog but if you're living up you can see over the clouds and this is the power of praise and worship leaves you above all the circumstances this is when angels came down they came down from the heaven perspective and they knew God can do all things that's why worship changes the perspective in your life can I hear an amen this is an amazing picture. This is actually the, the, uh, the tower where Heidi lives, right? That's the tower of Heidi. In closing, the angel number two is the angel Michael. He's the battle angel. He worship causes the courage. And this angel, he fights actually for me. In 2 Kings 19 and 35, the Bible says, 
that night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Syrian camp. <laughs> hey, if you have a friend in your life, good. But if you have an angel in your life, that's another story. One angel killed 185,000. Can you imagine how strong angels are? Here's the thing, they're fighting battles that you will never see it in the unseen world. If you see the angel Michael with the sword, you will be like under shock. That means so often he fights on your behalf. I want to give you some numbers why the angel of Michael is so important in our days. Today we're celebrating the days for the persecuted Christians around the world. In year 2010, we had 100 million Christians around the globe because they believed in Jesus, some people have been killed or they put them into prison. The year 2020, 250 million. In the year 2021, that means this year, we have more than 340 million people. You can read this in Zeitung online in the 13th of January 2020. It's not from a Christian, it's from a newspaper from Germany that's saying 340 million people around the world because they believe in Christ. They need a fighting angel who fights on their behalf. Maybe you're wondering, we're living in Switzerland, we don't have persecution. I think, yes, we will have. He's a good friend of mine, he lives in Germany, he leads a church, and this church is growing. They have around uh, three to 400 people, and they're looking for a piece of land and for a new building. And that city is pretty big. And they asked 80 different owners of a building. And 80 times the owner said, ah, you are a Christian. And I don't want to give you the building because we don't like Christian. If you are homosexual, you get, one, you get 100 buildings in our days. But not if you are a believer. The time has changed in Europe. It's not people say, oh, yeah, you're a church, hallelujah, praise God. Here's the land. We experience in our days persecution in a new level. We have people in our church, they are teachers. They're not allowed to share the good news anymore. You're not allowed to invite your students to church anymore. If you do that, you're going straight. You have a big challenge in our days. And what happens in our days, we learn to be quiet. A lot of people say, you know, believing in Jesus Christ, that's my thing. It's my story. It's a private thing. Believing in Jesus is never a private thing. Jesus could die in a, on a private cross in a private room. No, it was public for the whole entire world. The death of Christ is a public thing. And what we need in our days that we're going out with courage because praise and worship gives me the courage. The last word will not have the gender agenda. The last word will not have the government. The last word will always have our God in heaven. And angels were in the beginning there and there will be in the end there. Come on. I want to close with a story I heard. When I was 21 years old, I learned to be a printer. I printed some books and all the things, and my dream was to print one day a Bible, because every printer wants to print a Bible, then you are a real printer. Remember, we want to go to Abidjan, it's somewhere in Africa, and we had some, a meeting with a lot of missionaries. And I will never forget that, that story, because sometimes when you hear a story from some people, it, it nurtures your 
faith, right? It gives you the hope. Maybe you are in the same situation that God is still in the lead. They went to a place in Africa, to a village, and that village, there have not been many Christians. And they were living in a house, and, and one day the, the government, they were super angry about the missionaries. And that night, the government made the decision, we go to that house and we threaten them a little bit. We bring them under shock. That night, around 15 people, they went to the house. And in front of the missionary house, there were two big, tall, white, shining person with a big sword in their hand. And the sword were burning and they could not enter to the door. And they said, oh my gosh, they, they, their bodyguard are tall. Uh, we have never seen bodyguard like that. They turned around and they were really shocked because they could not threaten the missionary. The next morning, the missionary went to the village. They preached the word of the Lord. And then the, the, one of those guys from this group said, I have a question. Yesterday, we passed your house. And do you hire some bodyguards? I said, what do you mean by that? I said, two guys, very tall, shiny, with a sword, with fire. Is this like Star Wars or something like that? He said, I don't know what you're talking about. In that moment, the missionary realized the angels of the Lord or the Michael angels were standing in front of the house and they protected the missionary family. When I heard that story, I realized to myself, the devil cannot do what he wants. The angels are always stronger. It can be that God has sent some angels around your house. You not even recognize them, but they are protecting your house from the enemy and you are super saved. In Hebrew chapter 13 verse 3, the Bible says, continue to remember those in prison and if you are together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering. The Bible says, we should pray for those people that are suffering because they, they shared the gospel. I want to close with one thought. When you are a teacher or you're working in a company and you're not allowed to share the gospel, don't put yourself in a position where you say, oh, I cannot say anything. Believe that through your eyes, the Holy Spirit is shining. Believe that you are different. Believe that you are the salt and the light of this earth. Believe when you teach, believe when you lead in your company, that the Holy Spirit shines to you. Nicodemus in the New Testament, he was a big guy in the Jewish establishment. He was touched about Jesus, but he was afraid to approach Jesus because everyone knew who he was. In nighttime, Nicodemus went to Christ when nobody was around and asked Jesus, Jesus, can you share me, explain me the gospel? And I really believe, even though if you're not able to share the word in your school or in your company, believe about the Nicodemus miracle. Believe that your students will say, can I meet you? You say, why? You are different. I can sense something is different in you, in your face, than to anyone else I have ever seen in that school. 
And if this anointing is not so strong that people will not ask you, what's different? Then is my question, what is wrong with the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? Because the Spirit of God is such a fire, such a power, you cannot be quiet anymore. It shines, it comes to your life. And I believe that right now in Europe, you cannot go to church. Christianity cannot be a lifestyle. Oh, we go to church, we go a little bit to the small group. I believe from now the next years, time will change. The atmosphere is changing and you will see that the pressure comes stronger. It means either you believe from the bottom of your heart, Christ is my Savior and it's not a lifestyle anymore. It's my life, it's my decision and I'm a salt and the light of the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? I believe it changes. We don't need a building for growth in China and a close in China, they could not meet in buildings. The Chinese Christian will never say, oh my gosh, the finest hour of a church is over. No, they said, it doesn't matter. God is not in a building. God is not marriage with a building. We shouldn't, even if you're not meeting, we believe that the people are looking, searching for the truth. Do you believe that? Or is the gender agenda more important than winning people for Jesus Christ? And I really believe that God will send out some angels the next couple of weeks and days, maybe to your mom, maybe to your husband, maybe to your neighbors, and they wake them up and say, hey, I have a word from the Lord for you. And they will be shocked like by the shepherds in the New Testament, like Mary, like Joseph, and say, oh my gosh, what, do, what kind of a message do you have? And they say, I bring you a message from God and it's time for you to turn or burn. Turn or burn. Time for turn or burn. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship say that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye